How many glad to be in the house today? Amen? In the house. The house of God. Um, so, on this last day of July 2017, uh, 16, sorry, <clears throat> I'm not trying to speed things up, <clears throat> only, um, let's see, only four and a half months until Christmas, <laughs> four and a half months until Christmas, anyway, um, on this last day of July, um, I'm going to share some things from two or three different um, messages and series that I've taught in the last two or three years in regards to connection. And um, this next month, uh, towards the end of August, we will have connect group signups. Um, and we're also going to combine with that on one of the Sundays uh, a, a membership Sunday. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a member of Gates of the City and uh, give you opportunities to, to join the church here and, and be a part of it in a, in a deeper way, in a greater way. And so uh, today I'm going to share some things that I feel like are really important that you understand from the heart of this house, from our heart, my wife and I, the vision God's given us to make the vision of the house. And you, you have to understand it and see it through the Word, because if you don't see it through the Word, you won't accept it as something from God. You'll, you know, for a while you can go with what you think is my idea, but if it's not something that's built inside of you as a result of the Word, it won't stay with you. You always have to see the things that we say from here, you have to see those things through the Word. The, the Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will never pass away. And, and the depth of His Word inside of us is what makes us, and it causes the Word is what causes us to stick together like brick and mortar. The Word is like the mortar that brings us together and causes us to see things as a unit. And all over the world, the church is established and being established. And the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of this whole world. And I'm telling you, there's some junk in the world. There's some stuff in the world. There are things that are going on in the world. But I'm telling you, God doesn't get upset about what's happening in the world. And, and I'm telling you, you should never be upset about what's happening in the world, ever. Everybody say ever. You should never, ever, ever be upset about the things that are going on in the earth. Ever. For over 6,000 years, there's been all kinds of things in, in, in the world that we know of from Adam on. There's been all kinds of things that have happened. And God has never been upset one time. And if he's not upset... I've chosen to not be upset. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be moved. And I'm not going to be distracted by anything that's out there that tries to lure me away from my trust and confidence in God. And, and you would do well to do the same. Never be upset. Have I ever been upset? Absolutely. But because I've been upset in the past, do I have to stay upset in the future? Absolutely not. 
And we should grow past those things and mature into a place where nothing moves us. Absolutely nothing moves us. Can you say amen? So, today I'm just going to, I'm going to start with reading a few basic passages. And, um, and, and, and as we go through it, um, I've got a whole, I've got some i got the old school Bible with pages, and then I've got really old school notes on a piece of paper, but then i got the new school iPad over here on the left. Amen? So I'm like cool today. Hmm? I'm cool all across the board right here. Wow. I look really important today. Anyway, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to talk about some things that, that I believe are important about connection. Everybody say connection. And I'm giving you a word today that's the title of my message that I believe is important for right now and just right now, in the next few months, through the fall. There's a a word that's really important, and the title of my message today is engage. Engage. Everybody say engage. I didn't tell you to get engaged. I said engage. Right? So... Definition that I have of the word engage from several different sources is to entangle, to interlock, to mesh together. A sentence that defines it is the troops engaged in battle with the enemy. It also means to attract by influence. To attract by influence, and we will when we're together, when the body of Christ is together. Why are there different churches, organizations, connections all around the world? Because it's kind of different strokes for different folks, you know? Not everybody can be a part of one thing, but what matters is, is that where you're planted, Psalm 92 says, when you're planted in the house, you'll flourish in the courts. When you're planted in the house of God... You'll flourish in everything else you do. I'm going to say it again. When you're planted in the house, you'll flourish out there. Now, the Bible says that we're the house of God. But you're not the house of God apart from this guy or this lady or on and on and on. See, we need each other because we don't make up the whole person of Jesus individually. We're apart, but you don't make all of him up. He'll work, all of him will work, and all of his promises will work for you individually. But when we're talking about the church, when we're talking about the totality of the church, you don't have the ability to be the whole part. We need each other. Amen? And for us to connect with the rest of the church around the world, we have to understand how to connect with each other locally and personally. And in, and in a personal congregation of people like this here today. If you're a part of Gates of the City or you desire to be a part of Gates of the City, there's a, it's, it's vital and important that you get planted in the house so that you can flourish in everything else you do and so that you can learn to relate to the rest of the church. 
See, because when you're connected to the house, then you're not competing with the next house. Why? Because that house is part of the same church, right? So I'm going to define a couple things. Some of this, many of you've heard many times because we've shared it a lot. Some of you, it'll be, you, maybe you've heard it, you're here and you're new and you've heard the, these kind of things before, but it'll be fresh today. And um, in Matthew chapter 16, look at that with me, Matthew 16 It's New Testament. Matthew 16. <laughs> One day I was preaching and I said, turn to, I don't know what it was, the book of Acts. And it was in another building we were in. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It, I, I was preaching somewhere else. And I said, turn to whatever the book of Acts and the person from the congregation said, where is that? <laughs> said it's in the new testament where's that i said talk to the guy next to you <laughs> anyway it's new testament matthew uh, verse 19 and he said i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven i'm sorry verse 18 <clears throat> actually just, just back up to verse 13, and we'll just talk about this whole thing, and, and I'll, I'll get it done. To jump in the middle of this sometimes can mess up everything else that needs to be said. So, his, Jesus' disciples were, you know, concerned about several things, and Jesus asked them when they were together one time, he said, who, who do people say that I am? And, and they said, well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Simon Peter jumped up and he answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Jesus said he will build his church. Amen? Jesus is building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. One of the greatest revelations that I've ever gotten in my life, that you can ever get in your life, is that Jesus is building the church. Amen? Some people think they're building their churches or their ministries or their whatever, and if you're building it, it's not going to stand, and the gates of hell will prevail against it. We don't want to be a part of something where the gates of hell are prevailing. Amen? Jesus is building his church, and what our responsibility locally is, is to be a part of what he is building. So we have to hear from him, we have to understand him, and be a part of that. Jesus is building his church that the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against. That's what you need in being a part of a local place. Being a part of gates of the city and being connected to it and planted in this house is being planted and a part of what Jesus is building. And, and I don't know about you, but I've had things prevail against me or try to overcome me. But I'm a part of something that I can never be overcome. 
If I, if I stay in myself, I can be overcome. I stay in him, I'm an overcomer. Amen? In Christ Jesus, I am an overcomer. 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy 3 and verse 15. Paul in his letter here to Timothy says, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church. The house of God, which is the church. The Old Testament, and I'm not going to go back and look at those scriptures. We've looked at those and and, and talked about it in, in depth uh, in the past. But Old Testament, uh, there's two different passages of Scripture that say, well, there's a number of them, but two of them specifically say it like this, that God's eyes are upon his house and his heart is in it. God's eyes are watching and, and his focus is on his house and his heart is in his house. Right here, the Apostle Paul says in the 15th verse that the house of God where God's eyes are on and his heart is in, the house of God is the church. It's the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. That's what the church is. That's what God is building. That's what you have to learn the importance of being connected to, why it's so vitally important that you're planted in the house and connected to the house. And, and what we're talking about today and what we're going to look at is how several different ways to be connected to the house and the importance of it. And it evolves all the time. You may, you may be sitting here today, you may have been in this church for 10 years, and today something is said that sparks something inside of you that you've never seen before. Maybe you've heard it, it's been said over and over and over again, but all of a sudden something is ignited on the inside about the importance of being a part. You know, we live in a world where a lot of what we're taught is to think about ourselves. We live in a world where we're taught to think about ourselves, to be selfish. You know, nobody's going to ever care for you. Nobody's going to ever be concerned about your life. So you need to protect yourself and, and cover yourself and make sure that you, you know, prepare for a rainy day. And when something doesn't work out and there's no one else to help you and everything else, you need to make sure you're covered and you got all your bases covered and everything's fixed. And that's just the society that we live in. And you're, you're, you hear that. Whether, whether you are conscious of it or not, you hear it all the time. Well, I don't, I don't need that person. Somebody does something you don't like, and then the first thing out of your mouth is, well, I don't need that person. I don't need them. I don't, I, it, it, you know, what they say or think doesn't really matter. But you need people, okay? Think about the fact that if you're a part of the body of Christ, and let's just say you're the arm, Okay? What would you look like if you really saw yourself separated from the rest of the body and floundering around all day long like an arm? Trying to walk as an arm, right? You're trying to do things with the arm that only other parts can do, and you're not effective. You always will come up short because you need the rest of the body to be who you are. Amen? And, and in the world... It really works that way. We just don't see ourselves that way because we don't see ourselves floundering like that arm, but yet we do when we're disconnected. 
When you're disconnected, you flounder. When you're disconnected, you have the ability to see things through one perspective, and that one perspective is always going to come up short because you're not gaining from different perspectives. And, and your perception becomes reality to you, and nobody can talk it out of you. And I tell you what, people can tell you all kinds of things, but at the end of the day, whatever you believe is what will happen in your life. You believe you're ugly. You believe you'll never amount to anything, no matter what other people tell you. If you keep that belief system, that's the way it'll be. Just It, it, it will be that way. Being connected to the house, which is the church, the pillar of truth, being connected to that and the teaching of the word and the discipleship that goes along with that causes your thinking to change and you begin to see the importance of being and staying connected. It doesn't matter the opportunities in life that you have and you think, well, you know, yeah, but, you know, I got this raise or I got this new job or this new career, or this new avenue or whatever, and, and you know, I'm going to find all this great thing that, that, that will happen there. Yeah, but when you go out there, if you're not connected to something that's bigger than you are, when you go out there, you're not going to be able to handle those devils. Remember when the children of Israel left Egypt? How many know the story of the children of Israel leaving Egypt? Okay, because I'm going to give you a test on it right now. No, I'm <clears throat> um, So, I mean, you've heard of it. You've heard of the children of Israel that, that left Egypt. Well, in Exodus, I think it's 13, 17, you can go back and look at this verse. It says, in the Amplified, it says something like this. Don't quote me word for word, but it says something like this. It says, when, when the, in, in other, or, well, for a few verses, it says, when, when God led the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt, it says, he didn't lead them, he didn't lead them on the path that was shortest, but he led them on a different path, lest when they saw war, they'd turn tail and run. In other words, they weren't ready. It was about 11 days' journey from where they were in Egypt to the promised land. About 11 days. How many years did they spend out there? 40. And God led them on a path, and they would go and they would, they would set up, and, and they, would, they would house for a few days, and then they'd break down and go on this path another way. And along the way, what God was attempting to do was to get them to see the condition of their heart. What they didn't see is what fear they were in and lack of trust of God that they were in in their life because they had been in bondage. You can lead people out of bondage, but to get bondage out of somebody is something totally different. That's why you have to be planted in the house. Being planted in the house, which is the church, which is the pillar of truth, will cause the word you hear to renew your mind and change the way that you perceive life. You won't see life as something that's just about you. You'll see life the way God wants you to see it, about the good of other people. That's what we're talking about today. Amen? So, in Ephesians 1 and verse 22, Ephesians 1 and 22, just making, driving this point home today. This is a, verses previous to this is a, Paul, a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. It's a great prayer that we can pray for one another and pray for ourselves. In verse 22 he said, And he, God the Father, put all things 
under His feet, Jesus. The Father put all things under the feet of Jesus and gave Him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. What's the church? It's the house. Where's God's major focus? What's His major focus on where earth is concerned? It's the church. His eyes are on it. His heart's in the church. But watch this. It says, Father gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, comma, and, and look at the next four words. Verse 23. The next four words. The church, previous verse, which is his body. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. The house is the church, and the church is his body. I'm going to say it again. The house is the church, and God's focus is on the church, on his house, which is the church. But his church is the body of Jesus Christ. And who are you? You're the body of Jesus Christ. Who are we? We make up the body of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did in the earth in three years of ministry, now you and I are created to do by connecting with each other and accomplishing things in our parts. See, just because one person does one thing and someone else does something that's different than that, it doesn't matter what those parts are. We have to flourish in those parts as we do it together. Not in jealousy, not in competition, not trying to step over one another, but to support and enhance and, and, and encourage and advance each other. That's what God called us to do. To do that, you have to connect. To do that, you have to develop relationships with people that think differently than you do. See, because what profit is it if, if all you do is hang with people that like everything you like and think exactly like you? How boring could that be? But that's what, that's what our, our tendency is, is to gravitate and kind of navigate our life trying to find people that think everything, think just like us and, and, and like the things that we like. Well, there's no faith involved in that. In our connect groups that we've done for the last three years, when you come together with people that join the connect groups on the connect group Sundays, which are the last two Sundays of August, when you, when you sign up for those and you join them, you know, sometimes you don't even know some of the people that are in that because we want our connect groups to be open to people outside of this church, you know, to unchurched people also. We want them to have some of them connected because we want people to be able to just around an activity understand what connection is really like and what church life is really like without being threatened to come into a place like this. A lot of people are threatened to come into churches. But they'll come to, you know, to a, a golf connect or they'll, they, they might come to a, you know, a dinner connection or a book club or, a, or whatever th that we have going on. Someone might come to something like that. And what you've got to be focused on in your life is who can I bring and who can I connect with? And what do I need to do in my life to allow walls to come down? And, and, and the only way you can bring walls down in your life is to hear the voice of God. Only God can teach you how to bring walls down and not be threatened by other people. You know, sometimes people are threatened because 
an individual, you know, maybe, maybe somebody has a better job than you have. Maybe somebody dresses different than you. Maybe somebody lives in a larger house than you. A lot of times people are threatened, but, but how, how can you ever attempt to see things from a different perspective and add to what you have in life if you're not open to different types of relationships? I tell you, the, that, that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do uh, as, as, as a pastor. As an individual, I was always open. I like to talk to everybody. I mean, if, if, you even, if you even looked like a person, if you were a tree that looked like a person, I'd be talking to you. You know, I mean, that, that, was, just, that was just the kind, that's just who I am. But as a pastor, when, when I first started out, I was connected to a certain group of people in one stream of, of the body of Christ. And outside of that, I was threatened. I'm just telling you the truth. In my early days, I was threatened by other people. So I wouldn't allow different, to be a part of different streams. And I didn't really even want to listen to what other people were saying. And one day, got my, God got my attention. And I connected with another group of people that were open to all kinds of streams. And it was really threatening. But I did it by faith. And it, and it, it opened doors in my life that I never even knew were there opportunities and relationships with people that have made me better in my life. Relationships with people that have helped me to become better, but then opportunities to take the things in me that make other people good. You know, that's, we, see, we need each other that way. We need connection. And today, the things that I'm discussing with you and talking to you about are all, they all have to be centered around the church. What God is building in the earth that is the hope of the world is the church. It's the church. But the church is not some place you come. It's not some other, uh, you know, just recreational group. It's not just some other club that you're a part of. It's something that's it, it's active. It's alive. There's life in the church because Jesus is building it. And when we learn to line up with what he's building, there's no end to what can happen in our lives. See, and the vision that can be developed, when you, when you support and help fund and help move forward the vision of the house, then what happens is your vision begins to evolve. It's always been that way, and it will always be that way. You have to believe in being connected to something that's bigger than you. I'm going to say it again. You have to believe it. You can hear that other people do it, but you have to believe the importance of being connected to something that's bigger than you because it'll take you to new heights and new levels that you never even dreamed of. Can you say amen to that? So I want to, just in the, in the little time that we have left today, um, I, I want to talk about engaging. And, and what that looks like, to engage. I'm going to read my definition again. To entangle, to interlock, to mesh together, to attract by influence. Think about that for a moment. To attract, to engage is to, to attract by influence. Who has influence? Everybody. You've got influence you don't even know about. 
But the one with the real influence is the God that lives inside of you. If you're born again today, you've got influence beyond anything that you can even imagine. You have opportunities that your mind can't even comprehend because of who's inside of you, because of who's, who you are. Who you are because of whose you are. And when we understand that in our life day to day, I'm not talking about, I'm not, I, I'm not saying when you understand it because you've read enough books about it, but when you understand it because of your relationship with God and you realize how much that God loves you and how much in that love that God has for you, that he has planned for you, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it, you, you cannot fathom that. So for you to accomplish things in life, I'm telling you today, you cannot do it God's way without being connected to what he's building. And can you say, based on the few things that we just mentioned right here, that he's building his church, right? See, he's not building, he's not building gates of the city. He's building his church. He's not building you're my ministry or my career. He's not building those things. He's building his church. And from the church, he's building all those other things. And if you don't believe that, you, 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 you can't flourish with peace. You can flourish. Earlier when my wife was receiving the offering and talking about Oh, there's something that she said um, slips in my mind for a minute. But, but she, she made a point, and I, I thought to myself, whatever the point was that she made, it doesn't matter if you have money or you don't have money. And I think she was talking about fear. There are many people that are worth, that, that have great wealth on planet Earth, but are in great fear. I mean, why would you want great wealth and you can't even enjoy it because you're so afraid everybody's going to take it? But see, see, God wants you to be smart with what you have, you know. But smart isn't acting like the world with it. Smart is obeying the word. Huh? And if God got you where you're at today, can anybody take away what you have? Not when God got it to you. Yeah, well, Pastor, you don't know what... No, 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 don't, don't give me any story about anything. I don't care what happened to anybody in life. I don't care what happened to me at different times in my life or anybody else financially. I don't care what happened. I'm telling you, if God is in what you're doing, nobody can take it away. Amen. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Well, but you don't know the... Gov no, nobody. Nobody. If God is for me... Nobody can be against me. Nobody. huh? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment will be proven wrong. They will be shown to be wrong. It's just, that's the way it works. That's part of the promises of God, and there's a hundred other verses of Scripture that go with it. And when you know that, you cannot lose. There's no lose. That's why we have to be connected. See? I can't do that on my own. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I like church, but, you know, I, I just study at home. No, you're just by yourself. You're isolated. Hmm? And you know what? You know what? When you get isolated and you're not listening to someone else, I'm not telling you. Listen, 
Everybody, don't misunderstand what I'm saying right here. I'm not telling you that I've got it all down and all understood, and you just have to do whatever I say. No, you need to hear the word preached from someone else. You need to believe in the person that's preaching the word, but you need to take the word you hear, and you need to process it yourself, and you need to believe that that's true. Amen? And if you don't do that, then you'll, you'll go around for a while saying, yeah, yeah, Pastor Bert said this. Well, that's okay for a while, but there comes a day when it's got to be because God said. You know, and when you're established in that, in yourself, and you're not going to get there just being isolated from people and connection because it's easier. And, and the, you know, being connected, to, you know, coming to church and all that kind of stuff, you got to deal with all these people. And I, yeah, that's what life is all about. Amen? Life is just about dealing with people. Anybody a part of a family? <clears throat> Anybody ever had some issues in family? All you that didn't raise your hand will cast a devil, lying devils out of you later. Everybody's had issue in family. You got more than two people together, you're going to have some issues. Huh? So if you live on a deserted island somewhere, you know, you, things will probably be good for you except the fact that you'll get in a fight with the birds or something, you know. Whatever, there'll be issues that will arise, I promise you. So we need to take the Holy Ghost, we need to take the Word of God, we need to take the wisdom of God and learn what we need to learn in relationships and develop that and get connected in spite of each other. Hmm? And learn from each other's strengths and learn how to receive from people that you don't even put a whole lot of stock in. Because I'm telling you, they've got nuggets of truth and, and, and things inside of them that you need to advance your life. It's always that way. You know what? There's not anything in life, and, and this is no exaggeration, there's not anything in life that you will do that will not, that you'll do successfully, that it will not require faith. I promise you, there's nothing in life that is worth anything that is going to require, I mean, that's not going to require faith. Faith is, and trust in God is the key to real success in life. Can you say amen to that? So, in uh, Luke 15, Luke 15 In verse 1. In Luke 15, it talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And I'm just going to read the first seven verses about the lost sheep. It says, Then all the tax collectors, in verse 1 of, of Luke 15, all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. So he spoke a parable to them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep? So let's just say we're talking about a church of a hundred people. So what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? What's, what's wrong with that picture? 
I mean, what's the shepherd concerned about? Now, this isn't, this isn't an unsaved person that we're talking about here. The lost coin represents an unsaved person. The lost sheep represents somebody that was part of the fold that left. Did you hear me? What's, what's wrong with that person in, in most everyday, normal, worldly thinking? What's wrong with that picture? Well, why would you leave the thriving 99, which it didn't say that, but why would you leave the 99 and waste your time with one? Why would you do that? Uh, because in the sheep world, there's a bunch of wolves out there that can take out your 99. So why leave the 99 and go after the one? And there's a, there's a lot of stories out of this and a lot of examples that come from this passage. I'm going to drive this point home today. As the shepherd goes after the one, notice the, the, the last couple of verses says, when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Why? Because actually, the shepherd... I see in this situation, the shepherd is being an example of what you do with one. You go after one. So what needs to happen is the other 99 need to be going after one also. And if everybody's going after one, if everybody is after and focused on, on one, then what can happen? That there's a hundred people out there and, and many times that have been lost and straying and frustrated and issues have happened. The reason people get offended is because they're not connected. You can come to the fold and you can be born again and not be connected. And what it takes for people to be connected is other connected people making them feel like they're at home. What, it ca what causes people not to stray like this one is when connected people help unconnected people feel connected. And I tell you what, you've got to do that by faith. You, you may have to say something and invite somebody to lunch after church one day that you think, well, yeah, you know, I don't want to invite them because, you know, like, we don't have anything in common, I don't think, and, you know... We're just going to sit there across the table and look and stare at each other, and it's going to be really uncomfortable. And see, see, you got to you got to take the challenge. You got to take the plunge and do something that's uncomfortable, and cross the line and watch what God does. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, I just, you know, I just, I don't believe in that. Well, the reason you don't believe in it is because you've never given it a shot. Just take a step. It's amazing what can happen. Lifelong friends can be developed out of one lunch with somebody you didn't think you had anything in common with. I'm just saying, this story right here has a lot of different twists and turns, and I've heard it preached a lot of different ways. But what I'm telling you today is, to connect, for you and I to connect with each other, we've got to leave the comfort of other things that we're doing with people that think like we do and step out and go after the one. Everybody say one. I want everybody over the next month, as we head toward Connect Group signups, I want everybody to be thinking about one person. 
I, we, we, I don't really care if we've, as long as we've got groups, we've got leaders, and, and we've got connect group leaders meetings leading up to all this. I, I don't really care how many there are in each group that are outside the church, but, but if every one of you sign up for a connect group, and, and you're a part of a connect group, and you've got one in mind, you know, we'll just explode all of our connect groups. We'll explode them in the form of numbers, and the reason we want more and more people is because it's the potential of more and more people being liberated and free in their lives. That's what it's about. It's not about the totals of what are in our connect groups. It's how many people have potentially the ability to be discipled and change their thinking and learn how to be a part of what God is building in the earth. Everybody say, God's building his church. That's what we're talking about today, that God is building his church. And we don't want the gates of hell prevailing against people. And the more and, and the greater passion that you have for that, oh my gosh, it's just, it's over the top. I mean, I, I, I'm getting to the point in my life where I need two of me. I need two of me because I got so many people. You know, I, I mean... And I won't even go into all that, but I'm just saying, but, but, but the more you open yourself up, and you got to be aware of how many people you can allow into your life and, and those kind of things, but the more you do that, the more it opens opportunities for people to be liberated and free. And when that is your passion for people, when your passion is to see other people liberated and free and other people connected and other people connected to what God is building in the earth, Man, I mean, the earth, the earth and, and issues in the earth and the God of the system that is the devil, he's got no chance if we're connected. If we're a part of what God is building, how can anything else prosper in the earth except what God is building? But God's not going to take undiscipled people and build his church with. And we got to understand that. We can't play games in the form of, you know, congregating together and just showing up on Sunday so we feel better about ourselves. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It can't be that. And I'm telling you, the closer it gets and the more crunch time that there is on the earth, we can't live that way and we can't think that way and we've got to allow God through His Word to teach us how to get out of that in ourselves. Amen. So, a couple things I want you to, to, that, that, that I want you to see. Two things that we've promoted in our body, three things, is the importance of discipleship, number one. We've always promoted that. In 27 years that we've been here, we've promoted discipleship and the understanding of it, and that's evolved. I, I see discipleship today in a totally different way than I saw discipleship 27 years ago. But the two, the great commission and the great commandment, to love God and to love people. The great commission and the great commandment is to love God and people and to make disciples. And when you understand that disciples make disciples, right? Converts don't make disciples. Converts can be discipled to make disciples. But converts don't make disciples. Disciples make disciples. Everything I've said today 
about the importance of connection is ultimately the grand vision is, the, is discipleship. That, that we are like Jesus. That we think like Jesus. We act like him. We respond like him. We have our character development is in him. And when it's that way, then we can, in our lives, help and teach and help to train other people how to get over issues that are not Christ-like. Christ-likeness is the key, to be like Jesus. And in our connect groups that are centered around relationships, and, and, and today I'm not advertising the connect groups. You'll see all that and see what all they are. But number one, they're about engaging in relationships. You have to develop relationship with people. A lot of pastor friends that I know through the years um, have been at times intimidated by too much relationship within the congregation because it can create division and, and, and a divisiveness. If, if, if as a pastor, I'm afraid of you becoming too close with people in the congregation, I'm in the wrong business. I'm in the wrong business. But along the way, if you're developing a relationship, if Brian over here is developing a relationship with Fabian, so that Brian's ulterior motive is to create division in the body, and he's trying to get Fabian on his side, see? As you grow up, you'll identify those kind of things and not shut people down, but help people out. You know why somebody would do something like that? Because of fear. Divisiveness in a body and in relationships happen because of fear. They're threatened by other people. They're threatened by situations. So they find groups of people to come into environments like this or, and, and even larger groups of people and try to start division because of fear, because they're intimidated by situations and they're in fear. We, we can't be afraid of that. To build the church, you can't be afraid of that. Uh, let, let, me just, let me just help you and deliver you of this very fact. There's going to be. It, there's going to be divisiveness. The Bible says there is. It just says beware of it. But there's going to be. See, I've done things in other churches that I was a part of because of the immaturity in my life before I was a pastor in, in, in uh, another church that I was in. There, was, there were things that I did that created division with people. Not a lot of things, but there were things, fears that I had that caused me to say something in the presence of another person about somebody else in the body that planted a seed in that person's mind about this other person because I was, I, I was just intimidated by the situation. I was trying to get this person on my side kind of a thing. And, and thank God early on I learned what I was doing and realized that and shut all that mess down and, sh- and kicked it out. But it was all out of fear, see? So you're going to have those kind of things. I know what it's like, and I know the fears that are behind it and are involved in that. But listen, at the end of the day, what matters is, is that the church thrives. This congregation thrives. It's vital that this body thrives and grows and increases and all those kind of things. But we've got to grow and increase through discipleship, through loving God and being loved by God, and, and realizing that everybody is responsible to make disciples. We can't, we can't 
allow our lives to be consumed with just making money in careers and not realizing the people that come across our path. There are people every day in the world that you live in. Your world and my world are different. Everybody's world is different. You come across different people, everybody in here today. But everybody comes across, across the lives of people that need what we're talking about today. Every human being was created to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Every human being. Whether they are or not, whether they receive it. God, the Bible says God's desire is that none would perish, but all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. Don't ever say it's God's will that certain people go to hell. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm telling you today. Hell was created for the devil and his demons. But destiny can be in people's lives that choose to reject this. There's a scripture that, where the Apostle Paul said, I become all things to all people that I may win some. Listen, you have the ability to be something for somebody that I don't have the ability to be. You have the ability to relate to a specific person, if you'll hear God, that I don't have the ability and vice versa. You and I have got to learn how to embrace and partake the revelation that we're talking about today. Engaging in relationship and connections with other people and allowing that to be a passion that I can't live without. I can't live without it. You say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm so busy. Everybody's busy. Well, you know, i got to watch four hours of TV every night, you know, and maybe after that I can maybe call somebody or something. I mean, I mean just, I'm just saying, just begin to prioritize and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the importance of the things that I'm, I'm sharing with you and discussing with you today. Can you say amen? I'm going to read this verse and, then, and I'll end with this. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And we're going to receive communion today. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these words, these sayings of mine, and does them, I will liken them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Why? It was founded on the rock. Strong foundation comes from a discipled life. I'm going to say it again. Strong foundation comes from a discipled life. Notice the next one. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Notice this. It doesn't say if the storms come. It says when they come. So the storms come against those who hear and do along with those who hear and don't do. 
right? One is rewarded, the other is a fool. And we've all been fools. We've all known what to do and we didn't do it. And the more you hear and not do, the more it will create destruction. And when the storms come, you can't stand. Yeah. If I, I've gotten a lot more in life and I'll get a whole lot more, but if I never got anything else in life but this, it's that the word has produced in me to a place that when storms come, I can always prevail and I believe it. The me- Do you have the message translation on that that you could pull up for me really fast? I didn't ask you for that. Ha. Uh, uh, can, you, can you back up to 24? Just listen to this. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard living, standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words in your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down. (laughs) The river flooded. (laughs) A tornado hit. (laughs) A tsunami came through. But nothing moved that house. Hmm? This happened. That happened. This thing happened. That happened but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. Verse 26, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Notice, tornado didn't even need to hit that one. The the waves just got a little high. See, the storm came, the waves went up, tornado hit, tsunami, nothing could stop it. If I never learned anything else, I have learned the power of trusting and believing God in his word when storms come. And like my wife said earlier today, we've never failed and we never will fail. We'll never fail. God has never failed anybody. Now people quit. And Galatians 6, 9 says, if you quit, you don't reap. But it's not three strikes and you're out. We get to go up to bat and swing until we hit it. No matter what we do. And God will even cause your mistakes to prosper. Oh yeah, that's how much he loves you. That's how much he's in the game for you. It's how much he wants us to be the church. Because the world cannot handle the influx and the flood of righteousness. 
that is coming on the earth right now. I'm telling you, the, the world is not ready for this. They think, they talk all about all the junk that's going to happen and how bad the government and, oh my God, people leaving the United States because of the president. <laughs> I mean, the pick for president this year? Uh, okay. I mean, you know, God bless both of them. But it's, don't raise your hand, but how many can say it's maybe not your top choices? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're listening to people that are talking about how bad all these things are, get rid of all that stuff and focus on this. Because no matter what comes, tornado, tsunami, no matter, if you're attached to the rock, you will not go down ever everybody say ever 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 well but 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 what what if we die absence from the bodies in the presence of the lord it's a win-win see and when you think of it like that then you're you're prepared and you're focused to live see you're when 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 you're not afraid to die then you're in faith to live and when you're in faith to live, all you are is a manifestation looking for some place to happen. And I don't know about you, but those are the people that need to know that. And they need to see it. That's why we need to be connected. So the word for this fall is engage. Whew. Amen.